Everybody, it's Aitisha Bankston with the Gathering Place Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. We're here with the Presleys. I have Tiffany Presley and Mackenzie Presley. They're joining me here today, and we're going to talk about something that's extremely important. Now, we understand that in today's climate, there's a whole lot going on, right? We've got racial injustice. We've got, of course, a global pandemic that continues to ravage many cities. But I wanted to take some time to talk about, as we prepare to return to school, and just the different things that are going to come about as a result of it, how parents can best equip their students to prepare for issues with bullying. It's a serious issue. It's a, it's a matter that's severe enough where we have kids who are very young committing suicide as a result of just being picked on all the time. Now, I'm sure that you've heard different podcasts. For those of you that have children that have been victims of bullying, I'm sure you've gone up to the school and mm-hmm. let people know of, of how mad you are or have done some efforts yourself to try to thwart these things but we're going to hear today from Mackenzie who has begun an initiative which I think is amazing because she's so young but we're going to hear a little bit about her backstory I'm going to give her mom an opportunity to speak to talk about this very important effort to really try to get kids talking about it because it's it's just not something that's talked about all the time I think kids really feel intimidated and just don't want to go into it so I'm going to ask Tiffany to give us a little bit of background about her, her family, Mackenzie how this whole thing got started and then we're to talk but before we do that Mackenzie hi Hi. (laughs) why don't you tell us how old you are and what school you go to I'm seven years old and I go to St. Rita school St. Rita in Solon Ohio so that is Mackenzie that's where she goes she's seven seven years old right goodness gracious and she started talking to you about this actually about a year and a half ago so she was yet six (laughs) <laughs> Six yes. years old, very much. Okay, so Tiffany, so. give us a little bit of background about you guys. Okay, so we're a family of four. Um, my husband and I have we have a um, almost eleven year old son. I can't it's believe 11. that. I can't, can't believe it. Um, and then Mackenzie, who will be eight on the twelfth of this month, um, so she's about to have a birthday. Oh my gosh! I don't even. Well, happy pre-birthday to you. I didn't know. Oh Lord! Yes. So we're almost. We're gonna celebrate the entire month yes um because that's what she requires but (laughs) (laughs) so about a year and a half ago um we're really we tried my husband and i to be really open with the kids um we have a very non-contemporary or traditional um way of parenting um some things are hit and miss you know you learn as you grow with your um, kids but what's most important we never wanted to be a household that our children could not talk to us um and especially in the black community um it's hard because we have these ideals that are set or these unspoken rules with regards to things that you do talk about and things that you don't talk about Mm -hmm. um but once you start setting those type of parameters and those restrictions around your communication with your children then that puts them in a heightened position to be bullied to be um abused um to start confiding in 
people that they shouldn't, mm -hmm. you know. So we are, have always been open with them. So about a year and a half ago, one day we were talking, um, and Mackenzie doesn't even really remember this, um, but one day we were just talking, and our son Cameron has a girl that was in his classroom at the time, and she wasn't being... Um, the stereotypical way of being bullied like um the she wasn't being physically um abused <clears throat> at school she wasn't being picked on or talked about but she was being ostracized isolated <laughs> and isolated yes mm, thank you severe it, yes severe. and sometimes that can be um even more damaging um, because then the person, um, especially at a, a child's age, feels that they don't have anywhere to belong. Mm -hmm. um, so one day, and we were talking about it, and Kenzie has a very, you guys may not see this come through um, on the camera today, but she has a very strong personality, mm -hmm. a very, very strong personality. Um, she's very strong, and I'm very proud of her. Um, and she was just talking about this. And this our son is two and a half years older than her, so this is not in her grade, anything mm -hmm. like that. And But she had noticed it. So we were talking about it when we asked them how their day went, and she started talking about this girl kind of being by herself and some her overhearing a conversation, I think, about the little girl. And so I start probing and asking questions, and um, she's like, well, why, what, is there something we can do, or maybe we should do something? Um... And as parents, because we have a lot on our plate as well, sometimes we dismiss mm -hmm. um, ideas and strategies and dreams, our children's dreams and wants, mm -hmm. um, and how they can use themselves as catalysts to affect the society mm -hmm. um, in a good way. Yeah. Because we have so much going on. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that question a little bit. Like, you know... I know sometimes when you start to ask a kid, well, how was your day? Well, what did you do in school today? Well, well, um, tell me what you learned or that kind of thing. When you mentioned, you know, you started probing and asking a few more questions, what was her response? And what maybe sometimes is your son's response? And I'm asking this because I know that there are parents that try to ask questions of their children and then their children clam up. Mm -hmm. So what were, what were their responses? Did they continue to kind of just talk? Did she continue to kind of just talk and just was kind of just <clears throat> exactly. having a conversation? Well, can't, our son, he naturally is very much um, an introvert. Mm -hmm. And so he dismisses a lot of things. Mm -hmm. He um, just was like, oh, I don't, she's fine, you know. Um, and he didn't really... Um, reciprocate in the conversation mm -hmm. but Mackenzie was like no this is what was happening and I don't think that it's right <clears throat> so then I continued to ask her well what exactly happened but I think what makes our children clam up and shut down <clears throat> is also our tone um in when we're asking them mm -hmm. because we can be very defensive mm -hmm. um and um, overbearing mm -hmm. at times, especially when you're talking about your children, right? Yeah. There's you a know, sense of urgency there. There's a sense of urgency. You want to dig. be received by the kid. The kid may be thinking, oh, this is a trouble tone. And you're like, oh, you're not in trouble. trouble. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. Right. Just, just trying it to out. figure it out. Right. You know, right. And it sometimes takes kids a little bit longer to to open up um, mm -hmm. and get to from A to B, right. you know, and we're like this, like, okay, no, wait, did they mess with you? What happened? Tell me what happened. Does, does this happen to you? And then you want to get in and get more information about it. So it is all about our tone. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, asking questions. We're such, we're on such a fast 
pace as a society. Absolutely. Um, so when you ask a question, um, give them time to respond and really give you an answer. That's actually a teaching strategy. It's called wait time. You have to give wait time for people to be able to kids to be able to respond. Teachers know this. You're supposed to give wait time when you ask a question. So let me get to this, Mackenzie. I want you to tell us about this initiative that you started. I want you to tell us what does it involve and who is it for. Your mom already told us how it began, but I just want you to tell us a little bit about it from your perspective. Um, about your about your nonprofit. So tell us about you know what do you do? What is it about? It's, it's about and what it's called. Yes, oh, it's called Just Be and. It's about not bullying people the way they look on the outside because you don't know what they look like on the inside. And um, just the way they look to you, if you call them like ugly, they're not ugly, they're people in the world. And you're one of them and they're one of you. That is a very, very mature outlook. It really, really is. You know, it, it takes a really observant person mm -hmm. even as a child we know children see a lot but it takes a very observant person to be able to articulate that to say you know people we're all people right regardless of what right. they look like on the outside and you know what honestly while we're talking sadly bullying does not stop at childhood correct you know it goes on and on and on through adulthood mm -hmm. and you know people find different ways of dealing with it but you know these things happen and continue to evolve but i want to go i want to go back a little bit um Tell us some of the some of the details about about just be Tiffany. Give us a little okay. bit of insight on like you know the purpose, the mission, the vision, right. just so that people can have an understanding. So the purpose of just be. So when Mackenzie came to me, like we should do something. My first thought was, okay, you know, what am I gonna make for dinner? And then I had to check myself and pull myself back and say, okay, are are you really hearing her? Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, as far as I know. Neither one of our children have been um, directly uh, victimized, uh, victims of bullying. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted to figure. I wanted to figure out. Okay, what can we do? And because that's what she was asking me. So um, I felt like it was important to have a program put in place for children by children. Mm -hmm. Most of the anti-bullying programs, um, literature, workshops. Um, are all like even when you google it you get national statistics you get mm -hmm. um some of the news um or media um, footage with if unfortunately if there's coverage of a child that's committed suicide or a mm -hmm. teenager that's committed suicide um so we wanted to gear and have kids be able to communicate with their peers um with regards to their feelings and how to eradicate bullying in the schools and create a safe space and also be able to educate parents um, because we don't know you know you especially when you're dealing with children uh, oftentimes boys um, or girls you when kids come to their parents and they try to talk about bullying or someone's picking on them <clears throat> typically the response is oh you'll be all right or that's just what kids do. Quit crying. Or, or quit crying. Or fight back. Exactly. Or, yeah, just a lot of different things. I wanted to t touch on a little bit before you go on about mm -hmm. um, just be being by kids, for kids. Right. You know, working in schools, a lot of initiatives are started by adults mm -hmm. because we think we know. 
of course, what children need, what they're looking for. And, and to some degree, yeah, that's why God made us the adults, right? right. You know, we, we know a little bit about what a kid may need. But I think being able to have something that was started by a child, being able to speak from a child's perspective, mm-hmm. being able to talk in language that children understand, being able to relate using those same types of feelings and emotions and understandings that are appropriate at different stages, like, I think it makes a difference. It makes yeah. good sense because, you know, we've had, what was it, uh, dare and just say no and all yes. these different things, right, that came to the schools and there would be adults coming and they would be completely out of touch and they would say, why don't you come and tell me you can always talk to a trusted adult. <laughs> and you can. You can. You can't always talk to a trusted adult, but I think the difference and the and the and the thing that makes this unique is that she's actually going to places and speaking. Yes. She's actually the person that's presenting and you do hear about these things on a larger scale, but this is the only person that I know that's doing this. And how so. they can relate. And how they can relate. So yeah. definitely we'll have um we're in the beginning stages. Um right when we received our nonprofit status and started applying for grants, then um, the world shut down. Um, so, and education as we know it is definitely going to look a little bit different. So we are trying to re-strategize with regards to our programming. Um, to go, we, our plan is to have mentorship programs, have workbooks. Um, so we're in the process of putting the, the literature together, but in um, using her voice, um, terminology, Mm -hmm. so that if you're seven or ten and you're looking over, you know, some works, like a a questionnaire with regard to identify, to to put it on paper as to if if you are being bullied or how to express yourself better, um, but it's in your own words Mm -hmm. so that they can feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. having resources for parents to be able to um, reach out um so workbooks um literature for parents um when we're in a more safe space we're going to have um like after school programming mm-hmm. um where we can go into different schools do um some speaking about it have mm-hmm. like an open forum yeah. with regards to people explaining um talking about their feelings getting it out there giving strategies and then also trying to help the the bullier um because people don't just typically bully right you know and as you were stating as we grow up and become adults you know we experience bullying in the workplace we experience bullying um on a day-to-day depending on um your environment that you're in and because it never goes away right um it's they just grow up so you have kid bullies that then turn into adult bullies Mackenzie brought up a point earlier before we got started and I was you know we were talking about why people do these things you think you can remember to tell us what you said earlier Um, about why people bully oh yeah because they may have like hard things they're going through they they bully people so that they can forget about those hard things that they experienced in the past or in the future. That's an important note because it's it's cliche, but it's so true that hurt people do hurt people. And we were talking about coming while I had been on a call earlier today and we were talking about when, when the children return to school, whatever that may look like, the things they may have seen, Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads me to my next question um, about how important it is for parents to prepare for conversations that are right. going to be 
they're going to have to have with their kids in this upcoming year as school returns because this spring to fall has been fraught with racial injustice, with riots, with violence, with yeah. sickness, disease, widespread death. And yes. children are seeing all of this happen. Not to mention if there's something in their own home, if there's violence in their own home, if there's been someone in their own family that's died because of COVID, if there's someone in their own home that they're being the recipient of abuse or anything like that. So right. what right. do you think are some, some, some ways that parents can prepare? You know, I know parents are on high alert about whether or not they're going to even send their kids back to school, right. but the reality is in some form, they're going to have to go back, right? Whether right. it's virtual or blended or whatever. Um, but, what do you think parents can do to prepare to have these types of conversations with their kids? Um, first, take a deep breath and realize that you're not perfect, mm -hmm. but you have to be, you have to put yourself aside mm -hmm. and have conversations with your kids with regards to um, how they feel. Um, my children are really sheltered. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that, um, <laughs> you, you agree? <laughs> Just like, right. yeah, yeah, we are. We yeah. can't do nothing. <laughs> can't go nowhere. Um, but they are, they are really sheltered. Um, and a couple of years ago, um, uh, I started having conversations with our son, um, uh, with regards to, um, just being a young black male. And he was completely oblivious to what I was even talking about, like what issues there would be and, and, and why I would be having this conversation with him. Um, and then, so now, you know, with COVID and schools closing abruptly, um, they, and then the news typically in a lot of households, you know, the news is running all day. Um, and you can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having conversations with them to see where their headspace is, you know, their thoughts and their feelings really do matter. Um, one of my um, close friends, she and I always laugh about it. She was saying, I think, I don't know if her daughter was like five, seven or 10, something around that time frame. And she was talking about how she was just stressed, just having a conversation. And her daughter was like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm so stressed too. And she looked at her daughter in confusion, like, girl, what you got to be stressed about? And she told her like, well, mommy, kids have worries and stresses too, which is true. These things that they are unfortunately exposed to, mm -hmm. which are always exist, but they're, they're exposed to, we have to have conversations with them about them mm -hmm. and um, make that door open to be able to communicate so that they can articulate how they feel um, and we can take into consideration their feelings and make decisions based on that. You know, everything that your child wants, of course, they're not going to just get or right. um, it's not going to just go that way. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of kids that are like, yes, I want to go back to school, but your parent, the parent may not feel like it's, safe or appropriate mm -hmm. um we actually are um heavily con um looking into homeschooling mm -hmm. um we are blessed to be able to do that mm -hmm. not everyone can do that so i do understand that but then you still have um to make sure that your child is social right. socialized properly and right. you know things like that so i just think that in preparing for school whatever it's going to look like 
um, having conversations with your kids with regards to that some people are going to be different than you. You know, some people are going to be heavier in weight. Some people are not. Some people are going to be tall and skinny, and some people are not. Some people are going to be um, dark-skinned. Some people are not. Some people are going to be really fair-skinned, and some people are not. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching part one of this video. Please be sure to watch part two. The link is in the description box below. And, you know, things like that. So I just think that in preparing for school, whatever it's going to look like, um, having conversations with your kids with regards to that some people are going to be different than you. You know, some people are going to be heavier in weight. Some people are not. Some people are going to be tall and skinny. And some people are not. Some people are going to be um, dark-skinned. Some people are not. Some people are going to be really fair-skinned. And some people are not. Some people are going to have an afro. Their hair, you know, is tight-curled and kinky. Some right. people are going to have straight hair and, you know, or a weave. It's <clears throat> letting them know that and communicating with them because a lot of the um, discrimination um, also happens in our own culture with our, with our own people oh, yes. and oh, yes. you know we we have to start having those conversations with them that how this person looks or how this person acts as long as it's not directly affecting you, like if they're not doing anything to hurt or harm you, mm -hmm. then that's who they are. And that's fine. That's fine for them to be different. Everyone's not going to be the same. Yeah. I want to ask you a question, Mackenzie. What do you say to a person who has a friend who they know is being bullied, but they don't know how to help their friend? So... You know, they see that their friend is being bullied, but they're not quite sure... There maybe maybe the person that is the friend of the person being bullied is afraid to speak up. Maybe they're afraid to stand up for their friend. What do you say to them to help them to have the courage to do it? Um, you you can just um, say that. Well, well, what would you do? Let me say that. What would you do? Um. I would just honestly um, try to talk to someone first, okay, and then I would try to help my friend, but still kind of be kind of scared, okay, but still try to help in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I would try to talk to them or make them feel like whatever they say is not true. Mm -hmm. They're just going through hard times mm -hmm. or you can just talk to someone that's a good answer that's a good answer i think her pointing out what may be happening with the other person mm -hmm. is also a good thing to consider i know you know when when parents find out that their child is being bullied they're not always thinking about what the bullier might exactly. be going through, right? That's true. Um, but then, as a lot of parents find out, when you get to the parent meeting and you see the reason why the child acts the way that they act or you, exactly. you know, see the things that they have been exposed to, then it, it clicks for you as to why these things are happening. Right. I want to talk, um, before we get ready to wrap up, I want to talk to Mackenzie or I want you, either of you to share yeah. about um, 
you know, just how people can connect, how they can reach out. Um, I know that you're working on curriculum and working on workbooks mm-hmm. and, you know, with things being such as they are, there's not really a way to kind of go into all these different places and right. presentations. But what are some of the things that, you know, how can people connect? How can they reach out? So right now um, we do have an email um, address. We are working on our website um, right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to have there where you can um, click and receive literature mm-hmm. sent to your home. If there's an issue that's really prevalent in your school, um, you can. there'll be a link where you can um, reach out and with your school information and site and then we would reach out to the school um, for programming to come in I mean there's a a ton of districts um, just in the Cleveland area alone so there is going to be a drop box so that you can request help and then we can um, request to do programming at your school Um, it's a nonprofit so all of the uh, things that will be there offered to aid are going to be free of charge for the families, mm-hmm. um, for the children. Um, we're going to have T-shirts. We're going to have um, motivational quotes for the day, um, things to inspire. Um, at some point, we do want to have um, like a uh, some type of way to communicate, like um, like a Dear Abby mm-hmm. type of situation. A so a blog, yeah. right. So people can, kids can have a safe space. Mm-hmm. It's very important to have a safe space. But we do have an email at this point, um, and it is my nonprofit underscore just be at yahoo.com. And you can email um, us. And we can get literature out to you um, as soon as it's ready for print, which should be within the next couple of weeks um, at best. Um, And there are also going to be links on the site that you can click on to based on your demographic of your area um, for different programs, different centers that a child can go to different activities Mm -hmm. oftentimes children that are being picked on that are being isolated um they not all the time but oftentimes it's because they don't quote unquote fit in Mm -hmm. and it's not that they have to change but in order to build up their courage to build up their strength Mm -hmm. um they need to be around other like-minded children Mm -hmm. you know we're not all carbon cut out copies of one another um oftentimes in today's society we do just to try to fit in because it's easier than going against the grain Mm -hmm. um but there'll be links um to click on to find different types of activities free programs um Mm -hmm. whether it's different science programs different um engineering programs math um camps Um, after school programs different clubs that kids can be in Mm -hmm. so that therefore they build up their confidence um and they are around other kids that are like them yeah and that they have things in common with yeah i was i was thinking you said something that that really um i know i said i was gonna wrap up i promise i am (laughs) okay one of the things you said made me think about when kids return you know 
everybody of course matures kids mature in a very short period of time right Mackenzie's yes. much taller than she was last year when I saw her when we was getting ready for Tracy's wedding yes. and it's just you know things just happen very very rapidly right right the one thing I want to point out is you know whether you're a parent thinking about this for your children or whatever the case may be when when children return to school this year they are going to be different right again I can't stress enough based off of things that they've seen or heard or experienced or maybe not seen or heard or experienced right. maybe they didn't consistently get that academic support where they were um, away and they were just kind of left to their own devices mm-hmm. and have had brain mush for three months because right. their parent wasn't in a position to be able to do that because they has to, had to still work Exactly. nobody is judging because this is real right? right? all of a sudden life stops and things happen the other thing I want to talk about really quickly are those statistics you know we were having a conversation about you know in in a couple of reports tiffany and i were reading that Mm -hmm. you know the percentages of nationwide bullying that have been reported were just right ridiculously low right she had one that was like low i read one that was like 20 percent 100 and whatever sixty thousand. i think you said in that one study but that doesn't nearly touch on the number of kids that can that have been experiencing bullying and i know that we were talking about the different types the different forms right. the way that it can come whether it's not it may not always be conversation it can be isolation mm-hmm. it can be picking and touching and, and tapping and you know lying or spreading rumors, rumors. or yes. um you know kicking or slapping or sexual comments yes children make these comments at a very young age because again kids do a lot of times what have been done to them exactly. so you just have to keep those things in mind talk to us a little bit about some of those statistics that were the most alarming for you okay like things that you may have come across so the correlation between bullying and suicide is rapidly increasing um and keep in mind in and not to be insensitive at all um but once someone has committed suicide, it's not like you can ask them why they committed suicide. They're gone. Yeah. Um, all you can do is then go back and look at the issues. Um, try to put the pieces together. And put the try pieces. to formulate and stream some type of story. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but we look at these mass school shootings and um, this the death by suicide. And these numbers are exponentially increasing and no one is doing anything about it um you know the old way of just oh you get over it or you need tougher skin um that's not working you know we they were saying that on average the national average this is um last year's um study that the cdc had was stating that around 30 percent um of children that did commit suicide were they were being bullied Mm -hmm. um but keep in mind again when you have statistics when you have numbers to create any type of theory um you have someone has to report those things Mm -hmm. so how often are people not even reporting Mm -hmm. you know those things Mm -hmm. and so it's unfortunate you know that they were saying that um like the age of 10 to 14 for girls, which if you really think about it, that's that prepubescent 
That's the age. age of young ladies that are committing suicide. Yes. Jeez. That has increased now. Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure people remember in the news about, what was it, maybe about a year ago, that nine year old in Alabama that committed suicide. So um, was and so she hard. was consistently being, you know, picked on. I mean, mm -hmm. these are our babies that we have been given the order of responsibility for and we're not listening to them mm -hmm. and so, you know we it something has to shift and it the the um how to resolve it for me or the remedy to me is listening mm -hmm. taking that extra five minutes and i get it it's tough mm -hmm. you know and i'm not a single parent you know i'm married we have a fun, um uh, amazing support system um with my parents you know with my family and i'm still overwhelmed at times mm -hmm. i'm still moving constantly but it's you have to take a step back and we're especially with things with social media you know we're and um, we're very disconnected society mm -hmm. you know so you have an issue that already existed and that's why we're having this rapid influx and increase in it mm -hmm. because we as parents are even are more removed you know yeah. we're 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 a very self-absorbed society mm -hmm. and so it's taking the time to listen and and work with them on um, their feelings and their thoughts and getting your child help when they let you know that they're they need help yeah you know it's not running everybody you know to a, a therapist but if in Whoever your child may need to talk to may not be you. Right. You know, right. if there's right. a family member that they open up to, you know, or one of their friends, it's just getting the conversation going um, in order to not make them feel alone and hopeless and worthless and depression and depressed. Like depression among um, children, they were saying, has increased. Um, they said only um, like 14%, but again, and that's in high school students. Maybe right. Because as many exactly. children are on antidepressants, um, you know, medications that have to be taken at school, I know for a fact right. that it has to be more than that. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 what they're, you think about it, they're going through these things, not just at home, you know, because mom's upset because she got to go to a job that she doesn't like or dad's aggravated because he's working 40 hours a week and it, it's never still enough mm -hmm. you know that tension that frustration our children feel they can feel it and yeah. then they go to school and there's nobody they can relate to or they don't and i wanted to say this point really quickly and you know my children they pretty much they're not materialistic meaning they don't they wouldn't know like oh i have on Jordans or um, and, I, and I'm just throwing that out there, you know, um, or I have one a new pair of Nikes or I have one uh, these Adidas or they, they don't know labels. Right. Um, they do like my daughter more so than my son. He could really care less what he has on. But um, they like, you know, new nice things, mm -hmm. you know, to be clean and presentable. Yeah. He is at that point now as he's getting older. He actually cares if his clothes match. You know, or if, okay. and if his if his shoes are clean, I'm like, okay, we're we're making progress. Making progress, and, right? And um, but they don't have, they're not, but that's because we don't make those things important. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we have to pull back, and it's fine if you want to spend, you know, five hundred dollars so your child can have at seven and ten the latest iPhone. God bless you. Bless you. God More bless power you. to you. I'm not. 
I feel it would be more advantageous to sit there and um, invest their money in an IRA for them mm -hmm. or, you know, some kind of stocks or funds or even just put it in a savings account. That's a whole other podcast. But I'm not here to judge. <laughs> exactly. We're not judge. I'm not judging. Okay. It's just so those things happen at school is my yeah. whole point that you have some kids that are coming to school with, you know, even with uniforms. Even with uniforms. <laughs> even with uniforms. Cold popping. Cold popping. Yes. With yes. the uniforms they have on the polo shirt, yes. with the fresh pants, with the with the Jordans like yes. you said, and an earring or a haircut that is that is very. And then very you have true. another child who just is coming in in fall, yeah, and they have their uniform from last year. From last year, because mom said, mom said you can still fit it, and you you're going to wear it. it. We didn't get a full year. <laughs> you about to put this on? Exactly. <laughs> wear it. Wear it. <laughs> exactly. But those, and it's not. I mean, you can do what you can do. Mm -hmm. I get that. Um, every family can't afford the next school year to get something new. Mm -hmm. um, but taking those things into consideration that these are things that, that affect these are the things that why, affect yeah. you know and, and these things can put your child unfortunately in a position to be judged. Then on the flip side, those parents who <clears throat> your child does have those you know new shoes, their polo down, I mean, teenage girls now, I mean, they're wearing Louis Vuitton purses. I mean, I'm, I'm 42 and I just got my first <laughs> purse. Did you hear me? But that's because I'm very frugal. I don't, I'm not, I just did. Okay. Sorry, Hope you so, that sorry out. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> just got it. Sorry. I know what you mean. But, it's real but they're here. teenagers and they're, you know, they're, they're carrying these bags mm. or they're rocking this jewelry and they got, you know, $500 weaves because the hair itself costs $300. Cost 300 the, the, But then, and that's those. fine. If you want to buy that for your child, you can afford it. Whatever. I'm not judging. Yeah. But then also teaching them, though, that those things don't make they you. They don't make you. And it's a, it's a conversation about priorities. It's a conversation about what the parent holds as a priority. You know, you do want to make sure your child looks good, but you it's, 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 it, the conversations start early, like yes. you said, about your children, knowing what it looks like to be to look nice, but also not really caring about labels. And right. that does play a big role, I think. Um, and it's not anybody's fault that no. they can send their child to school looking as good as they can look because they worked hard to be able to exactly. do it. Exactly. Um, but, you know, for those that don't have, you know, you just have to consider, you know, and make sure that you check in on your child about how how they're being affected or how they're being how they're being perceived at school um i wanted to ask i know we are running low on time but i just really wanted to talk about this really really quickly you know being able to handle i, I deal with a lot of things a lot of conversations with parents when students have to come back up to the school because they've been bullied and mom comes up and she's mad she's angry somebody put their hands on my baby i've had stories of parents running into the cafeteria to run up on a child mm -hmm. you know listen public <laughs> they are parents. ready for action Yes. They are not playing at they all. They don't care that they're going to get they a felony for assault and a child. Assault. They don't care. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll eat that. Exactly. They will eat that. They don't care. Baby. That's their baby, right? But I wanted to have the talk a little bit, just a little bit, mm -hmm. about when when you're not getting the results that you think that you should get from the school. 
when you're not getting the results you think you should get from school and you're telling your child to talk to a trusted adult and there is no trusted adult, right? Because we know that while schools have an anti-bullying policy, it's not always carried out. Right. It's you know, very gray. It's very gray. It's very gray. There's a lot of grace given, it seems like, to children that actually perpetuate the bullying. Yeah. Um, because there are so many things to consider. There's right. if the child is special ed, if it's how many suspensions have they had. You know, I'm talking from experience, but a lot of things have to be considered yes. when you're thinking about a child that is the perpetuator of bullying. I, I started off this question with parents, parent empowerment. And really the mindset of the parent you talked about being busy you talked about being overwhelmed you talked about you know you have a two-parent home but for those that may be single parents what's the one thing that can help to center if there is one thing that can help parents to kind of center all of this so that they can try to get some type of handle some type Mm -hmm. of grappling on helping their child Mm -hmm. emotionally keyword listen listen all the way around the board listen to your kids Listen to their friends. Mm-hmm. Be involved in their conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, even, I mean, we didn't even get a chance to touch on their cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. You know, being, go through their phone. Yeah. You know, my son, like I said, is about to be 11. He His phone unlocks with his thumbprint because he mm-hmm. doesn't want her getting in it. Mm-hmm. When he sleep, I grab his thumb. <laughs> and unlock his phone because I don't even know the passcode. I keep forgetting, and then I almost lock myself out. I'll tell right. you, it's <laughs> no, don't, don't say it on that. <laughs> right? <laughs> you see, she ready. She gets in it. I'll tell you. Right. He's not keeping me out. And she she stays on top of it. She is all over it when Kenzie. it comes. They may bicker and argue, but she does not play when mm-hmm. it comes to her brother. Um, but going through their things, mm-hmm. you know, when the one of those. Um, the mass shooting um, that was happened, oh my goodness, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know how long that was. It has to be over five years ago okay. with the guy who, um, he was adult, an adult at this time, but he went into the movie theater mm-hmm. and shot and killed all those people. His, I mean, his family was so, like, oblivious. But mm-hmm. then the grandmother, I believe, if I'm saying this right, she was saying, look, I saw a problem and I tried to get it addressed Mm -hmm. you know I tried talking to people about the fact that he has a whole arsenal of weaponry and I find that disturbing when you know you're not in the military and overseas but so the key word is listen you know listen to your kids listen to their friends be observant um, but if I had to pick one word, I would just say, listen. So when you're going to talk to the um, the schools, we're going to be defensive, right? Especially as parents. You know, these are our children, you know. Um, but going, take again, like I said, take a deep breath sometimes. You know, we, our kids are very blessed with the, the school that they're at. But I still have to take a deep breath. You know, and communicate in person. You know, I'm I'm going to email you to let you know if there's an issue. But once you, but in my email, when can we meet? Mm-hmm. Because tones can be misunderstood oh, yes. and misconstrued, and you know, just like in a text, you know, if you're if you're tense, you don't want to have a, a text back and forth. You need to have a conversation. conversation. That's the so, most art. And you have to <laughs> listen. You go into the school and, and listen. Ask them, what what programs do you have implemented? This is a problem that I see. But also, be willing to be a part of the solution. Be willing to help. Be yeah. willing to help. Yeah, be willing to help. Mackenzie, do you have any final things that you want to say to some kids out there that might need some encouragement? 
Um, stay strong, stay positive. Um, whatever a bully says to you is not true. And that's all I want to say. And you want them to just be themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Just be. Just be. All right, guys. So this was the Gathering Place podcast. Um, I want to thank Tiffany and McKenzie thank for coming so on much. today. I'm so glad you guys came. It's been a long time coming. So please be sure we will have all the information listed in the description box below this video. Be sure to email, reach out, look out for the website that's coming, look out for the workbooks that are coming. We will keep you posted on the progress of Just Be. And I'm sure we'll have McKenzie back again when she gets rolling back into schools and talking to kids more about this very important subject. So thank you guys again. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. Have a good Bye. one. Bye.